Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you guys. Welcome to church. Welcome to New Life Church. I'd like to officially say hi to those of you online, watching, participating, uh, being with us in that position. It's good to see all of you here today. So good to see you guys. Um, Listen, I am um, a little just overwhelmed and thankful, all of the things. Uh, Appreciate. This will be fun to look through later on and bring back some memories uh, of some things. And uh, thank you so much for that uh, recognition and this plaque, Lindsay. And on behalf of Haley and I and our family, we love you. We appreciate all of you. We are honored uh, to continue to serve here at New Life Church and um, where we are a church that's trying to be committed to making Jesus the center of of our life, of our community, and of our church. And we will continue to aim in that direction and aim and try to encourage one another to head in that direction as well. Uh, Last week, I had an opportunity to preach out of state. Uh, That hasn't happened in a long time, Uh, but I preached in uh, Cape Girardeau, Missouri, uh, where my father-in-law is an elder, and uh, their pastor had asked me about a month and a half ago, would I consider preaching there? And, um, and that particular weekend was chosen and uh, had that opportunity to do that and am thankful for that. And, um, uh, and in my stead, James, one of our elders here, uh, preached uh, and um, was able to catch up on the message. And I've heard from several people in our congregation how uh, timely and how good that word was and uh, how impactful it was. So good job, James. Good job as you enjoy your treats this morning. (laughs) Well, listen, we are going to continue with our theme, excuse me, our series called Living as the Joshua Generation. Um, I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles or click to Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4 is where we'll be today. And as you go there, I want to take a minute to read a subtext out of Matthew chapter 1 and verse 17. It says, all those listed above, speaking of generations, the genealogy of Christ, all those listed above include 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the Babylonian exile, and 14 from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. A lot of names listed throughout that genealogy, and One particular one that is in the story of Joshua that James preached on last week is Rahab, uh, formerly a prostitute, but came and crossed over with Israel. And uh, she was already a cross, but she crossed over in spirit and in faith into their new beginning. And she ended up becoming the great-great-grandmother of King David. So if there was hope for her, there's hope for us. Amen. And 14 generations uh, it represented from each three divisions there. Uh, so 42 generations total. The number 14 points to salvation and deliverance. And the, a, a number of 14 that makes up 14 is 7, which, is the, which speaks to completion and perfection. So biblically here, Matthew, what he's doing is pointing to this, that perfection has come to save and to deliver completely in the person of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. 
our Savior. Personally, it can show us a few things. I think one thing it can show us is this, is that God marks change, transition, and new beginnings from season to season. How many of you have had some things that have you were once flourishing in and or a part of, and that ended and something new has started for you? Maybe it's you went from being no, having no children to having a house full. Maybe you went from one job to a brand new job. Maybe you moved from one house to another house. Maybe your children went from, went from one grade uh, and now they're starting a whole new level in high school or college or in a new career. Seasons change, and I think God uses time and He uses seasons to mark and show us spiritually how He longs to create new beginnings and fresh starts for all of us. For me, this is my 14th year for Haley and I to be the lead pastors here at New Life Church. And as Lindsay mentioned, my 500th sermon today, I wanted to just take the liberty with Joshua's story and talk about how it's time to remember when and to look ahead in faith for the new beginnings, fresh beginnings that I believe God wants to bring forth as a congregation and also as, a, as families that make up this congregation. And um, certainly we can all look back, and we're going to look back at a few things today and see how the, how the hand of God and the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God has always been there. And with that, we don't take that for granted. With that, we don't, we don't look away. We, are, we take time to remember. And that's what today's title of this message in my 500 sermon is called, Remember When. Remember when. I know there was a TV show back in the early 80s called Remember When. It talked about the aspects of, of history and how people lived way back when. Uh, I think there might even be an Alan Jackson song called Remember When, if you're a country fan. I don't know if you are. But um, it's, some of it's, you know, it's not my taste for him. But anyway, if you like him, you like him. Um, but remember when. Let's look at this main text here in Joshua 4. Verse 1 says, When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose twelve men, one from each tribe. Tell them, Take twelve stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan and carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. And he told them, Go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God, each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder, twelve stones in all, one for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. And in the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? And then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. And these stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. Look over verse 9, or excuse me, verse 19. And the people crossed the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and then they camped at Gilgal just east of Jericho. And it was there at Gilgal that Joshua piled up the twelve stones taken from the Jordan River. And then Joshua said to the Israelites, In the future your children will ask you, What do these stones mean? And then you can tell them, This is where the Israelites crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the river right before your eyes. 
and he kept it dry until you were all across, just as he did at the Red Sea, when he dried it up until we had all crossed over. And he did this so all the nations of the earth might know that the Lord's hand is powerful, and so you might fear the Lord your God forever. Would you pray with me over today's word? Lord, we thank you so much. We love you and we are honored to be with you today. Thank you for being with us here, your presence being made known. Thank you for your word, O God. We ask that you would take this word and open our eyes. Let us see it fresh and let it speak to our hearts and let it guide us. Let it challenge us and convict us, O Lord, that we will, may, may we never forget, but may we always remember who you are, what you've done, and how you want to begin fresh in the lives of us and in the lives of our families and in so many other people that you want to use our lives for to touch and change for your glory. I ask you to help me now speak this word in a way that would honor you and help your people in Jesus' name. And everyone can say amen. And amen. So after 40 years of wandering, finally, the Israelites are going to cross over. They're going to cross over the Jordan River, but not under the leadership of Moses. They're going to do it under the leadership of Joshua. And now they're going to be able to start a brand new life. Jordan biblically meaning a place of change, a place of transition, a place of new beginnings. Normally, the Jordan River sits at about 100 feet wide and anywhere between 3 to 10 feet deep. But at this particular time, it was harvest season, and the waters had swelled. And so the waters were overflowing the bank. It was even deeper and even wider. And they crossed over on the dry ground as the priest of the Lord carried the Ark of the Covenant across the Jordan River. It was the throne and the centerpiece of God, the power of the presence of the Lord was sitting right there in the middle of his people. And they crossed over. And then as they were going across, the Lord said, hey, Joshua, set these, take 12 people, take 12 men from the 12 tribes, gather 12 stones, and I want you to make a memorial on the other side. So that when you get to the other side, and you set these stones up, it will speak to the future. It will allow the future generation to look back. It will allow the present of your children to ask you these questions and many others. And you can point back to that memorial and you can show them and you can tell them some things that happened. What do these 12 stones represent? What do these 12 stones of memory represent in our day and our time? And for them and for us, it reminds us of some things that when we look at them, we can remember when. And we can look back and, and these stories can speak to us today in our current life that this is where the Lord entered the water first. The Ark of the Covenant being carried on the priest's shoulders. It's where God entered first. And it showed us His protection. Look at this verse in Isaiah 43. Isaiah prophesied many years later about the coming of Christ the Messiah. And he said this in verse 2, When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. Give some meaning to the context. It says, When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. 
the flames will not consume you. So Joshua is telling them, and the Lord has given them the hint, when you... When your children ask you, what do these 12 stones mean? You look back and you can say, this is where the Lord, our God, first entered the river to show us His protection. That when we go through life, and when we go through deep waters, when we go through tribulation, when we go through difficulty, when we go through things, God will not abandon us. No, God will sustain us. He will help us along the way. This is where the Lord parted the river to show us His mighty strength in our midst. Only the hand of God could cause a a river that was overflowing to dry up. Only the hand of God. Look at what Isaiah said in 43 verse 3. He said, I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And when you're, when you're asked, what do these 12 stones mean? What, what, is this, what is this significant of? You can say, well, this is where our Lord made it possible for us to transition into a new beginning. Isaiah 43, verse 19. He said, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland, God making a way where there seems to be no way. So what about you today, folks? What about you? Where in your life can you look at, can you point to that reminds you of God's faithfulness, God's protection, God's strength, God's ability to make a fresh beginning in your life? Well, this, this particular text has been on my mind for quite a while, knowing today was approaching. And um, I wasn't sure yet, I wasn't sure how it was kind of going to come together. And I'll tell you how it actually finally came together. I took a nap. We were talking about propping feet up earlier and trying to take a break. Well, when you have a sick one home one day and you, you can't do anything or go anywhere, why not join them in the nap, you know? So I was like, I need to be prepping for this message. I need to, you know, kind of get away while she's napping. But I was so tired, I just said, yeah, I'm just going to take a nap. It's about a 30-minute nap is all it was. But when I woke up, this entire sermon came together in like two minutes. That never happens for me. But I'll take it. I'll take it. And no, no rhyme or reason to it other than I just kind of pushed it to the side, took a nap, and God came back and said, here you go. And he quickly began to give me just some, well, lots of things, so I had to narrow it down to just 12, but 12 memorial stones of my own that the Lord brought back to my mind over over the last 31 years. And um, these are signs, these are memorials that I can tell my kids and tell you and others in my life that, that whomever I may speak to that I can point to and say, hey, this is where God's hand of protection was. This is how he was strong. This is how he was so good to help create a new beginning for me. And I believe he can do the same for you. One of the first ones <clears throat> was obviously salvation. 31 years ago, the summer of 1991, I can remember it like it was just yesterday as I went to the altar at this youth 
conference that I went to, this youth event that I had gone to in a Nazarene church in West Helena, Arkansas. And it was a summer night, and I just remember God so pulling on my heart. I just ran down to the front to the altar and just cried and just welcomed the love of God in my life. And, um, and I've never been, been the same. Never been the same. And not long after that, the Christmas following that summer, I was given my first Bible. And, um, and I have it here, and it, it stays with me. And this is my first Bible I ever got. And uh, it came with the tabs to show you where the books are, because new Christian, I didn't know where things were located. And, uh, and uh, I, I've got, I haven't even opened it, this is crazy. Wow. <laughs> I wrote down an acronym, power, preaching only what encourages repentance. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> There's a lot of notes in here. Oh, Wow. Megan, you'll appreciate this when a song we used to sing, God came from heaven to earth to show the way. From the earth to the cross, my debt to pay. From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky, Lord, we lift your name on high. Yeah. Huh. That's good. Mm. Power. Preaching only what encourages repentance. Oh, man, salvation. How about you? Do you remember the day you gave your life to the Lord? Can you remember the day you gave your life to the Lord? I want to encourage you, don't ever forget that moment. Don't Try to relive that as often as you can. And maybe, you, maybe you're good at it. Maybe you already do. But don't let that leave your heart. These next few, there's going to be some pictures to show. Uh, another second memorial stone in my life was the day I got married. Um, it's a bit of walk down memory lane. That's not dandruff. That's like confetti. <laughs> and let me tell you, that stuff was everywhere. That was May second, nineteen ninety-eight. It'll be twenty-five years this next May. Yeah. Uh, we're excited because we are planning a trip to Hawaii is what we're doing. That's what we're doing. You all heard it, so we got to do it now. Yeah, that was a beautiful day because I married the beautifulest, the most beautiful person in the world, my bride, the most beautiful Here's another one, a picture, uh, was the day I was ordained into the ministry. Uh, it's my ordination certificate, February 11th, 2004, by my pastor, Pastor Fred Bennett at Christ the Rock at that time, to be ordained into the ministry. I was already serving on staff from 1998 until then, but at that day uh, was set aside because he recognized my, the calling of God for me to... Um, to, to be a pastor, and uh, that has forever changed me. Here's another one. Some of you, were, it's on the cover of this particular uh, remembrance thing that Lindsay put together. It was 
on the eve of my um, senior pastor install, installation. That was out at Camp Clark Williamson. We had done a, a retreat for men that day. And that, knowing the next day I would be installed as pastor, I was coming out of the woods praying and terrified. And I had a lot more hair at that time. Uh, and I don't know who snapped that, but Haley got it and uh, has kept it. And, uh, but I, I was just, I don't know what was on my mind at that moment, but uh, I can't remember. But I do know it was, I was uh, uh, shaking like a leaf but excited at the same time to be able to be here, to pastor you, to pray for you, to serve you, and thank you for putting up with me as well. Um, Thank you for sticking with us through the years and being a part of this congregation, making up the part of the body of Christ here in Jackson, Tennessee, here at New Life Church. Here's another picture. So one of my very first friends in Christ. He's a far left dude on the left. His name is Chris Bennett. He hasn't been here in a long time, but I've got to get him here. Uh, And that's part of his family and his sister and brother-in-law and their kids and our kids. That was taken earlier this year. But Chris, I met him. His dad was the pastor at Christ the Rock at the time. He's about two years older than me. But, um, uh, and he'll tell you, he said, he'll say this, he goes, Jeremy, I don't know why you're still friends with me. He said, I was a butthole. And, um, (laughs) but Christ changed him and, uh, and I'm grateful for his friendship. And, uh, he's also been part of mentoring me over, uh, in my early formative years of following the Lord and, um, has always, always been there for me as well. And I'm thankful. How about you? You got some friends in the Lord that you know, man, no matter what, they're still there. We had the privilege, I had lunch with him, I don't know, just a few weeks ago. I was in Memphis for an appointment, and uh, we were able to pull together a lunch meeting, and uh, that was, uh, we just picked up where we left off, and it was just one of those days where he would say something good, I would say something good back to encourage him, and he would say it something back to, it was just full of encouragement, and it, we couldn't couldn't script it. It was just, that was just kind of how it was. It wasn't about blowing smoke up each other. It was just about genuinely encouraging one another in the Lord. And, um, and man, you got to appreciate when you have some friends like that. Amen. You got to appreciate when you've got people that can encourage you and, and, uh, you can pick up where, right where you left off. I want to encourage you. Paul, late in his days, trapped in a prison cell, not able to leave, he writes a letter to his protege, Timothy, and he tells him, hey, please come to me as quick as you can. I got to see you. I got to talk to you. There's been guys who've left me. People talked about me. He said, but listen, I need you to come and visit me. Paul longed for his friends. And I want to encourage you. Do all you can to hang on to your friends. Do all you can. One more picture here. Life wouldn't be complete without this one here. You know, I don't come from a, a family of, of preaching or ministry. As far as I know, I'm the only one that stepped into this thing. And so I'm doing it without having any idea how to, how to do it in the sense of family. 
uh, one of the things Haley and I are committed to, and she was raised in a pastor's home because she has a little bit of insight to it that I don't have, but one of the things we're committed to is uh, even though we may live in a glass uh, house, so to speak, we're not going to make our kids feel that they got to act a certain way or do a certain thing to put on airs to impress anybody. They're just going to be them. And obviously, we make them mind and we discipline them and do all the things you're supposed to do and, um, and all of that. But you get what I'm saying. And I, I appreciate you as a church who has never once one day put that pressure on us or our children. That means so much to me. It means so much to us. You can just let us be human beings. That's so good. Because there's, there's, there's a lot of churches who don't do that. And I'm thankful you do that. So thank you for loving us the way you've loved us. Thank you for encouraging our daughters, blessing them, not forgetting them, speaking love to them, giving them things, remembering them at different times. It means the world. It means the world. Thank you so much for that. The other, let's see, how many is that? One, two, three, four, six. Thank you. I didn't number these. I just dotted them. Not as detailed as I thought, huh? These others don't have pictures, but they have a lot of memories. March 2nd of 2014, we had our first service here. We sold and we moved from 1340 North Parkway. A lot of memories, 1340 North Parkway. A lot of good things, a lot of good things. But if you recall, we moved because we didn't want to move. We moved because the Lord was saying, this is what you got to do. A God-ordained, mission-minded decision that came about. And then just three years later, you'll remember this, we became debt-free as a church, no longer having $1.3 million over us. You guys remember that day? We talked about that, celebrated that, being debt-free as a church, and we still are. We continue to be. And I'm so thankful that uh, you guys believe in us, believe in the vision and the mission of this church to put an emphasis to try not to have that hanging over us and to do all we can to continue to push forward without that being an issue for us. And then just uh, in between there, uh, we felt guided and directed by the Lord to um, that he was obviously doing some new things in our church that he wanted to change our name. A lot of name changes throughout the Bible, throughout Scripture. He changed us from FWC to NLC uh, to New Life Church in 2015. So we are just seven years old as New Life Church. And um, we have, a, we have a, a new vision with that to make Jesus the center of our life, our community, and our church. And I'm thankful that you guys have bought into that and continue to help make that carry and make that move forward as our motto and as our mission. Um, here's, here's another one. I think this is number 10. Um, was my first sermon. One of them being what uh, Lorraine remembers. Uh, but my very first sermon as the lead pastor was in October of 2008. And it was titled, Put a Stake in It. S-T-A-K-E. Uh, put a stake in it. I don't know if anybody can remember this or not, but uh, gave everybody these, 
these wooden stakes after the message. We, I actually kind of preached on the 12 tribes of Israel at that time and how they were putting a stake into, into God's kingdom and God putting his stake in us, that it was a place of, uh, you know, that we are commitment. We are committed and we're going to do this thing. And, and that was my first sermon, put a stake in it. And we went out front to the front lawn and we literally put stakes in the ground at the cross that was on the front of that building at 1340 North Parkway and uh, drove stakes in the ground. We attached to it some thoughts and some things that we were believing God for. And that was the first, first one. And then today, 14 years later, the 500th sermon here uh, being Remember When, and which brings us to where we are today. And um, with that, I want to I get into the last stone, the 12th stone for me, uh, in this time of remembering and of God's faithfulness, His protection, His strength, His ability to take beauty, turn beauty from ashes and to create a new beginning for us, is no, no person is an island. No one can do things by themselves. Uh, no one can make it and achieve anything alone. It always requires the help and the assistance, and the need of other people. And uh, Haley and I understand that, and we try to model that as best as we can. But today, the 12th stone for us is our current ministry staff. And uh, we we wanted to show some appreciation uh, to them um, as well. And I know this is Ministry Appreciation Month uh, for for people and uh, churches around but um, we just kind of, we, we want to we take a minute to do that. And so, before I talk about some of these folks in a good way, um, we have a table at the back next to all the desserts and the coffee that before you leave today, if you can, there's, there's their names and there's a basket for each one that for the next two Sundays, next Sunday and the first Sunday of November, we're going we're gonna to have that area set up. You can write some thank you cards and drop it in each of their baskets. Just a word of encouragement, a word of appreciation, a word of acknowledgement. And then maybe, because we weren't, you weren't prepared to know this today, that over the next two weeks when you come back, if you want to drop your own card in there, I would encourage that. If you want to drop a gift in there, I would encourage that. Today, if you're able to drop a gift in there for them, we would encourage that as well. And just put that all, that goes strictly to each one of them. And who is them? Them would be Lindsay, our assistant pastor. She wears many hats. You know Lindsay. She wears many hats, wears them well. But uh, Lindsay has been with us for a very, very, very long time. Yeah, you were, with Haley. you were rolling with Haley before Haley was rolling with me. Yeah. In fact, you caught the garter, or not the garter, the uh, bouquet uh, at our wedding reception, didn't you? Yeah. You were 16 at the time? Golly. Um, Lindsay's a very compassionate person. Loves, loves people so well and so big. And uh, she's a great preacher and a communicator. Loves our students. Um, loves the next generation. And, and um, it does so many, so many different things in this church that we're working on branching to do delegation uh, so that she doesn't have to wear so many hats. Um, James Pittman is one of our elders here. Uh, he's our business manager. He wears a few hats as well. 
uh, and um, part of our preaching team, and um, he is uh, close to finishing up what I would call the pastoral residency. It's an unofficial program I started a few years ago that been working with him. He and a few others, uh, or me and a few others have been working with him, and uh, he is one day soon will become an ordained pastor here and uh, at, at some point. And uh, he's accepted that and knows that and um, maybe a little terrified, but uh, uh, that'll happen someday soon. Um, his wife, Megan, Megan Pittman, as our worship leader, uh, she is st- solely volunteer. She, she uh, does this out of the kindness and the goodness of her heart uh, week in and week out and um, serves so, so wonderfully and so beautifully in this role. And I'm so thankful for your heart and your purity and your integrity uh, and your attention to get and to continue to make everything rise. And uh, we appreciate you so much. Thank you. Uh, Brandy, formerly Martin, now Schultz, Brandy Schultz. Uh, is our New Life Kids Ministry assistant. Brandy serves with Haley in the New Life Kids Ministry and uh, has done so much and uh, has elevated so many things and has brought so many things around and continuing to constantly improve the work and the ministry of our, of our next-gen ministry to our New Life Kids. Uh, she has one of the biggest hearts for young people, for children. Um, I love how she loves our children, love how she loves our students. We are thankful for Brandy, thankful that God brought you here. Uh, I don't remember how many years ago. I know it wasn't too long ago, but five years now, five years ago, uh, you came and, uh, and you stuck and you stayed. And, uh, and we are thankful that you decided to do that. We're thankful that you remained here as well as the fella to your left uh, thought, that, thought something of you too. So congrats on just being newlyweds here. Yeah. Um, and... Last but not, not least, Kaylee uh, Humphrey, she, she is a volunteer in our office. She works for the school, and, uh, but our offices overlap. And Kaylee's an office administrator, and she has been so kind and gracious to assist me in so many different things uh, over the last few years and has always been willing to help do this, make this phone call, make this happen, whatever it is in the office. Kaylee has always done it with a smile and uh, has helped me in so many ways. I so appreciate you, Kaylee, in helping do those things, and uh, thank you for your heart. Thank you for your servanthood. I appreciate you so much, and I just wanted you to know that, okay? And so this is our current ministry staff here at New Life Church, and so uh, Haley and I couldn't do what we do without these folks. Countless other volunteers, of course, uh, who make things happen, Uh, but this particular time, we wanted to highlight, spotlight them, and so after service, please stop by that table and drop off some nice things and remember them over the next two weeks as we continue to do those. Well, listen, folks, here's a th- I want to say this as we transition to come to the communion table. Being able to look back over life and remember God's faithfulness, that empowers us to be able to cross over into new beginnings with a right heart. Because you can always have a new beginning in something, but you may not always fully appreciate it. You may not always, may not always have the right heart to live it out. And I believe God knows at the right time when His people 
need a breath of fresh air. When you need burden lifted. When you need a do-over. When you just need a transition and a fresh start. And I think one of the ways that helps us do that is to be able to look back and to remember when God first showed us His protection. God first showed us His strength. God first showed us His ability that when you put your faith in Him, you put your life in Him, how He can start over and make things brand new again in our life. He specializes in that. And today I hope you can travel with me down memory lane a little bit while at the same time remembering in your own life where God has been strong, where God has been faithful so that one day you can, your children and your grandchildren and so on and so forth, they may ask you, hey, what, is, what was that story all about? What was that thing all about? And you can take a moment and you can remind them. Well, let me tell you, that was when our Lord, our God, our Savior first did this for us. And I believe that when we do that and we look back, we're able to see and remember and celebrate the faithfulness of God with a right heart as we move forward in Him. So today, that's one of the biggest things communion does. I want to set that up with a scripture. This won't be on the screen. This is out of the message. This is the Apostle Paul. In 1 Corinthians 11. He says, Let me go over with you again exactly what goes on in the Lord's Supper and why it is so centrally important. He said, I received my instructions from the Master Himself and passed them on to you. The Master Jesus, on the night of His betrayal, He took bread, and having given thanks, He broke it. And He said, this is my body, broken for you. Do this to remember me. After supper, He did the same thing with the cup. This cup is my blood, my new covenant with you. Each time you drink this cup, remember me. That what you must solemnly realize is that every time you eat this bread and every time you drink this cup, you reenact in your words and your actions the death of the Master. So you will be drawn back to this meal again and again until the master returns. And you must never let familiarity breed contempt. Think a way that we don't let familiarity breed contempt is to truly remember what Jesus did for us. And remember that Jesus will also return. That we're not just buying time on earth. We're not just sitting around, squandering our life, wasting our time. No, Jesus will come back for his bride. And every time we 
eat the bread and every time we drink from the cup, we remember the sacrifice that Jesus made. That how he broke his body for our lives to make us whole. How he shed his blood so that our sins could be forgiven. That when a preacher preaches with power, preaching only what encourages repentance, we can be reminded, God makes me right with him through Christ. He loves me. He loved me so much that he sent Jesus, his one and only son, to die for me. And that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. Today, you're already a born-again believer. Remember when Jesus first saved you? If you're watching online and you're not saved, you're not a lover of God, but you're interested in your heart is being touched by the Lord, I want to encourage you. Take a moment and ask the Lord to come in and forgive you. He will be your greatest companion. You see, when Jesus saves, He saves all of us. When He redeems, He redeems all. And He puts us on a path and He begins restoration in our life. So today I'm going to ask you to stand. We have two tables prepared for you on either side, the left and the right. I'm going to pray. When I'm done praying, I'd invite you to come to the table to take the communion elements. And if you're with some family today or your nearby friend, why don't you get together for about a minute and partake of the elements that remind us of who Jesus is, what Jesus did, and that Jesus is coming again. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Thank you so much that we have this chance, this opportunity, God, to not only celebrate together and reminisce together, but to also look ahead and how you want to carry our lives forward from season to season. We come to your table today, the table that Jesus made available for everyone everyone that as we come today to partake of the cup and the bread we know what it means and today as we take it may we take a moment to remember who you are what you've done and that you are coming again in Jesus name Amen you may come